0: The following program is brought to you by Christy Mandelow, board-certified divorce coach.
1: So many people are affected by divorce at some point in their lives. It can be a lonely and challenging time of life, but it doesn't have to be. Whether you or a loved one is considering divorce, going through it, Or coming out of it, the Divorce Coaching Hour with Christy Mendelow is here to be your go-to educational, informational, and inspirational resource for those touched by divorce. Christy has been there, and now she's here to walk the path with you as a Christian board certified divorce coach and as your thinking partner. She and her guests will bring you important insight and information, helping you make better decisions through and beyond the process, inspiring you to be your best self for you and your family, all giving you hope and reassurance that you'll be okay. The Divorce Coaching Hour with Christy Mendelow starts now.
2: And here's your host, Christy Mendelow. Hello and welcome to the Divorce Coaching Hour. If this is your first time listening, a warm welcome to you. And if you're back with us again this week, well, thank you for joining us. I'm so glad you are here. Today, we kick off a new and long-running series that will take us through the next 16 weeks. What's so important to talk about for 16 weeks? Well, this might sound a bit redundant to say on a show called the Divorce Coaching Hour, but it's Divorce. Divorce and the process of divorce is what's important to talk about. I believe for the most part, people begin to research divorce when divorce has touched their life somehow. They are considering it. They've been blindsided by it. They are in the midst of it. They are moving forward from it. They know someone who's going through it. They are a child of parents who are divorcing, etc. It's not a subject that you'd wake up and say, hey, I'm going to research divorce today, I don't think. Well, I guess unless you're like me, the author will reference today, or you are in the profession and are trying to help people through the process. So if you haven't researched it, it might be fair to say that you don't know much about divorce. But here's the thing. In order to move through divorce in the healthiest manner, you need to know about the process. The entire process beginning to end. So with those in mind who need to know about divorce and the process, this series is for you. During the next 16 weeks, we are going to look at various aspects of the divorce process, and we'll start with what I call the consideration phase. Consideration is defined as giving careful thought, typically over a period of time. To me, this phase is the most important phase because the major component of it is looking at the process with what I call eyes wide open. Looking at the reality of the process with a careful and cautious eye is critical as it helps you have a clearer picture of what is ahead, the decisions you will have to make, and perhaps insight into the best choices you could make. As we focus on this phase, we'll start with the history of divorce, then we'll move to what you need to know about uh, before you file And then we'll look at the do's and don'ts of divorce. After that, we'll step into the other aspects, legal, financial, real estate, mental health, and more. And we will do all this through the lens of faith as best we can. So get ready for a journey that I pray will inform you, encourage you, and empower you. Back to today. Specifically, we are going to talk about the history of divorce in America. And here's why we are starting with this. I believe that history can shape your choices. Ultimately, and I quote, the past teaches us about the present. And so through awareness, learning, and new realizations about divorce and its history, you can be better equipped to make important decisions that will benefit rather than harm you and your family through the process. To help me with our history lesson today, my husband Richard Mindelo is here. And today he's not here in the capacity of the host, of Courageous Christianity, a show that also airs on this station Saturdays at noon, just before this show airs, Uh, or a retired Marine colonel or a commercial pilot. He's here with us today because he's a history major. But before we dig into our topic, I want to remind you that this show is for those considering divorce in the midst of it, coming out of it, and also for friends and family of those divorcing because it can be an overwhelming life event for everyone involved. So please remember to share the show with those who could benefit. And I also must remind you that we're not here to give you legal advice, and we certainly aren't here to coach you to get a divorce. In fact, although the show is called The Divorce Coaching Hour, we will not be coaching today, but rather providing you insight, information, education, and encouragement. Ultimately, what we are here to do is... Help you look at the realities of your marriage and divorce with your eyes wide open, and based on those realities and your faith, we are here to walk the path with you as your thinking partner, no matter where it may lead. And now, Richard, welcome back to the show.
3: Thank you. Thanks for having me back.
2: I'm, I'm glad. It's always fun to have you here, and I know we have a lot of discussions about preparing our shows and uh, about divorce and life and faith. It's nice to be able to bring them to the air, and it's... Um, Nice that I can lean on you a little bit with your background in history. So let's start with that. Tell us a little bit about your history, specifically related to your background in history.
3: Uh, that was all very confusing. <laughs> um, I majored in history after I tried a couple other things, and I went to Duke University in North Carolina, go Duke, and... um I tried economics, and I tried uh, uh, something else I can't remember right now, but I always loved history. And I always really believed in the need to ask questions about the past to inform our decisions about the future. Yeah, And so I loved history, uh, specialized in the evolution of weapons and warfare, and big shock. I was in the Marines for about uh, the next, you know, 30-some-odd years, and never have stopped love in history.
2: Yeah, I know when we have conversations, you'll uh, bring new points of information to me, which opens my eyes to different ways of thinking about whatever subject we're talking about. And today we're talking about divorce. And so I'm just um, as we're trying to just have a conversation here about the history of divorce— uh what comes to your mind when uh when when we think about let's look back at uh, history of divorce specifically in America, what could before we get into the meat of things, what could that help us with today?
3: Uh, it's a very interesting question, and I think the most genuine answer I could give is to say. That as we look at anything over time, we will see how people's views of whatever it is have changed. Right. And sometimes we will be locked into one way of thinking in our time, whether a fashion or a a thought vogue, if you know what I mean by that. Yep, And... Uh, people would laugh at you if you got outside of that trend. But in all big decisions, I think we should look at the big picture, starting as big as possible before we get smaller and smaller and eventually drill down on this one way of thinking, because otherwise we don't know that we're in the best way of thinking. And so if you take something like divorce, how do we know we're not in some vogue where... Divorce has changed over the centuries, and we're in this particular phase where it's too easy to get a divorce, or uh, just throw that out there. Or we're in uh, some other phase where uh, divorce is heavily influenced by religion, and uh, religious opinions are changing.
2: Yeah, interesting what I heard in there is that we can be in a fixed perspective, and without looking at things in th- with that bigger picture, the eyes wide open, then uh, we follow the crowd. Precisely. Yeah. It's interesting, as I was researching um, information for the show, I was trying to kind of ask some of these questions from, you know, Google. <laughs> it's so so uh, a place that we can definitely believe everything we read, right? Right. Because <laughs> it's on the internet. Because it's on the internet. Right. Right. Uh, But when I looked up, I was trying to look up trends, and everything led me to fashion. So it's interesting you use the word vogue.
3: (laughs) Yeah. Um, (laughs) I don't know why people follow the crowd. I had this discussion with somebody once. I said, you realize if you do what the crowd is doing, you follow the crowd. And if you do the opposite of what the crowd is doing, the crowd is still controlling your behavior. Yeah. Yeah. And they're like, "What? What? Yeah."
2: <laughs> so, well, bringing that to divorce—that's uh, really what we're trying to do here through this uh, this series. Through the looking at the consideration phase, looking at the history of it is by knowing a little bit of the history could, in fact, uh, it open your eyes, give you a new perspective to divorce, and make it make you think about things. A little bit differently. And when you think about things we know, think, feel, act, we act perhaps a little bit differently.
3: Yeah. Uh, I think it's an important conversation because things may be leaning on you of which you're not aware. And so you may be thinking about something in a certain way, feeling a certain way as a result of those thoughts and acting on those feelings with some things going on in the background that you haven't really been able to sort through, or process. And so those influences are important to identify. Otherwise, you can end up getting pushed around by things that aren't really yours or that you don't really value.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, And so to tell a little story of kind of where this thinking came about to talk about the history of divorce, we were in New Orleans a couple of years ago and in a really cool bookstore and uh, looking at old books. I mean, gosh just a whole big I mean bigger than big space of all these books and I found a book called Divorce an American Tradition and being that I'm in the divorce profession I thought well that's interesting and uh, very interesting I open it up and it's like six dollars and fifty cents and and Anyway, I've been reading on it, and I just thought it was so interesting, and to bring this to the listeners would be helpful, and it's written by Glenda Gates Riley. She is an American historian and educator best known for her works on women's history and women in the American West, and I think, uh, you know, folks, what I'm really trying to do with this here, my intent, is though divorce is unwanted, what you'll hear by us going through the history that although it's improved from its past can still leave people in an extremely challenging situation and so by perhaps knowing some of its history will illuminate a better path for you and encourage better choices and so that's where we are stepping into today folks the history uh, that eyes wide opening the first part of the consideration phase if I want anything to happen from this show for you, it's this. It's that I, I want for you to take a moment to really think about what's going on with regards to your marriage and do everything you can to open your eyes to the situation. So when you do that, uh, you make better decisions going forward. So, folks, we're here with Richard Mindelow, my husband. He's the history expert on the show today. And we are going to step into that specifically the history of divorce. So, coming back.
1: Do what new home builders do. Call the staging masters, Simple Elegance, at
2: 877-458-8254 and SimpleEleganceTX.com. Achieving the best outcome in divorce can be extremely tough when alcohol abuse is part of the process, especially around co-parenting. But there's help with remote alcohol monitoring. SoberLink is the most convenient, reliable, and reasonable way for a parent to prove their sobriety. SoberLink uses real-time alerts, facial recognition, and tamper detection to ensure accurate and reliable results. With SoberLink, you can be confident that your kids are with a sober parent. Visit soberlink.com backslash
1: DCH. Divorce isn't easy or often wanted. Sadly, it happens. When it does, it's possible to walk through it so the results are healthier than would be otherwise. How? Through a unique divorce solution that works. At Divorce Strategies Group, their mediation process helps divorcing parties settle their differences without the long drawn out battle and promotes a cooperative win win environment. It's a smarter way to divorce. When divorce touches your life, contact the Divorce Strategies Group. Schedule your complimentary consultation today at DivorceStrategiesGroup.com.
2: If you've gone through or are going through divorce, you know it can leave you in a dark financial hole, feeling very confused and afraid. But there's hope. Hersherman is a financial coach and works with those now. Navigating the financial decisions of divorce. Whether it's eliminating debt or creating your financial wellness, you want Hirsch on your team. Hirsch's easy process helps you see the reality of your financial situation and make better decisions. Stop the suffering and get out of that financial black hole. Contact Hirsch today. Go to lifecycle.financial. That's lifecycle.financial. You'll be so grateful you did. And welcome back. You're listening to the Divorce Coaching Hour, and we are talking. The history of divorce today. We're stepping into a, a new and long running series looking at the entire process of divorce beginning to end. But we're going to really focus the next three shows on the consideration phase. So very important for you to know everything that you possibly can about divorce before you uh, step into it. And again, you know, what do I mean by the consideration phase? I mean that. Uh, either you're considering it, something's come up in your marriage, and you're thinking, well, divorce is the direction I may want to go in, or, you know, maybe you've been blindsided by divorce, and now you're having to consider it. And before you even go to an attorney, before uh, you speak a word of it, is to really spend some time uh, getting educated, getting informed. And, and Right now we're talking more about the education and information aspect of it, but there's also a huge part of it is going to the Lord, getting your heart right, really, really speaking to uh, the Lord about what's right for you. But our intent here today is history can inform your future. And by knowing a bit about the history, which we're going to be focusing on, the history of divorce today, can hopefully open your eyes to – perhaps better choices along the way. And we're here with my husband, Richard Mindelow. Today, he's in the capacity of a history expert, having a degree in in history, also learning so much through his background in military, and just bringing a different perspective to the conversation as we step back into the history of uh, the American tradition of uh, divorce. And we're just Referencing a book called "Divorce: in American Tradition," again uh, by Glenda Riley, and it really looks at the uh, the formation of America and how divorce was a component of, of that. Um, really interesting things that you know you just like I said in the intro, you don't like get up in the morning and go research divorce necessarily, right? right? Uh, things that I I. I didn't know. For example, um, some of the documentation shows that the first divorce was in 1639 from a Puritan court in Massachusetts. So you think way back when. And and today, I think, you know, we have the tendency to think about what's happening right here and right now uh, with regards to our situation. And we may not think, well, you know, when did divorce start? Long ago. And when it started... Uh, And somewhat similar to today, there were opponents against it and people for it. And the opponents were more on the biblical perspective um, uh, or English practices. And the people who were for it were for the liberalization of divorce freedom. And so I want to kind of dive into that, Richard, and talk about when this country was formed it was formed, one nation under God, and it was formed by separating by from British rule. Right. Talk to us about way back when.
3: <laughs> well, it strikes me, and uh, it's interesting because our forefathers, so we're talking early 1600s, they're trying to get out from under the yoke of the English church. Right. And they want freedom of religion. And so they end up, they want to come to uh, America, the new land. They end up in Holland. Right. Because that's the fastest they can get away from England. And because England wouldn't let them uh, just get on a ship and come over here. And so what's weird to me almost hypocritical, ironic, paradoxical, one of those words, is that those same people who wanted religious freedom are then the same people who were overbearing in their treatment of others who were making choices about their religious freedom.
2: Yeah, so... Is that weird? Well, I think, you know, this country has that independent spirit, uh, and and so... I I get the making um, decisions based on their religious freedom. They're seeking that. But, I mean, there's still people, and you're still going to have conflict.
3: Right. And so then you see them through the 1600s, the pioneer spirit. They're trying to settle this new, very rough land. And starting businesses, um, sending ships back and forth to uh, Europe, to Uh, be resupplied as America becomes developed. And then you see this growing spirit of independence where uh, taxation, taxation without representation, and all of the things that led to the Revolutionary War are coming to a boil and people are saying, I'll no longer tolerate this. And to me, there's an analog for that in a marriage that's struggling where it's been building for a while, there's a lot of water under the bridge, and then you get to this place where you say, I will no longer live like this. The status quo is not acceptable. And then you say, okay, what are the options? Well, for the U.S. or for the colonies, the options were to divorce from uh, Great Britain.
2: Right. Right. Yeah, it's interesting you bring that up, and we're we're actually going to go there. Um, you you mentioned the, the the struggles that they went through and the overbearing, um, uh, I, I guess, treatment of those perhaps trying to stand up on their own independently. And, and if we take that to divorce, what I want people to hear, and you may not know this, when you went through a divorce back then, um, it, it it eventually was it became. It was called divorce, but it was a a divorce from bed and board. And uh, we might, you know, we think of divorce as it is today. You know, you're untying the knot. But people, in fact, uh, and I've I've got it here, bed and board, a divorce of bed and board did not dissolve the marriage. So they still didn't want to dissolve the marriage, but it was a court-ordered legal separation, and they had no right to remarry. So I think that's interesting. If you look at the history over the years, as trends would have it, we were talking about it. Right. Then, divorce is what it is today. As, as but there were a lot of people who fought for and against uh, divorce, and in fact, um, there were ministers John Mather and John Robinson, uh, and the ministers of the Cambridge Association. They argued for the liberalization of divorce during the 1960s, Puritan leaders hoped that divorce would ultimately preserve the institution of the family because it was breaking down the family, these situations where um, uh, back then um, men would leave for years uh, because they were going out and fighting and they were, you know... Uh,
3: Whaling ships where the voyages were two years long. Right. Right. Yeah,
2: and so they didn't really know what to do with all of this. And, but the, the other thing I want people to hear is when someone was accused of perhaps adultery, that was one of the biggest accusations, people were punished by fines, whipping, branding. We all have heard this potentially, the scarlet letter A, imprisonment, and being put to death because of divorce. Now today that that's the thing that really hit me today, what we kind of think we can you know go sign a few documents and we're divorced, but I want people to get that this was a serious thing
3: it still is a serious thing.
2: right yeah,
3: yeah um I see what you're saying it makes total sense um, it's a serious thing. marriage is. Uh, of God. It is by God. Between a man and a woman, a man shall leave his house and be cleaved to a woman, and the two become one. And so thousands and thousands of years of uh, marriage, and now we're breaking that up. And as we know, it has tremendous ramifications for family and church and community. It's not something that two people do in isolation. The ripple effects are huge. And so for the founding fathers, for uh, church fathers to want to prevent that devastation, destruction, damage is totally understandable. Um, But with that said, in my mind, God gave us free will. And so... We always have to be invested in what we're doing or it won't come from our heart.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And again, that brings us back to why we're looking at the, the history and so that we're illuminating um, the seriousness of it because it's so, so-called, so let's say it, trendy today. You know, you, have a, you, you get little things go a little wrong in your marriage and, hey, I'll get a divorce. And so I really want to open people's eyes to it. And so did the author in this book. She says, this book then is about more than the past. It describes the course of American divorce since the early 1600s, and it provides a historical basis for the understanding and dealing with divorce more effectively in the future. And so that's what we're here doing, trying to help people um, open their eyes, uh, have a different perspective of divorce, stop and think about this God-given marriage uh, in amongst our free will, Right. and to to make better choices
3: and don't uh, don't follow the crowd don't do what's in fashion right and so when you look at the history of that you have throughout the late 1700s this whole wave uh, sweeping through the world of independence first american independence then french independence and so it really is a different way of thinking that says, I don't have to labor under these uh, conditions or these circumstances or w- with this yoke. And so it gave birth to some awesome things um But uh, it's serious business.
2: It is serious business. And interesting you say that because when we come back into the third segment, we're going to actually look at the Declaration of Independence and some of the language there. And I think that can inform us going forward. We're also going to look at how we can apply this history lesson today to our choices going forward as well. So come on back, folks. My husband, Richard Mindelo is here with us today as our resident history expert. So stay tuned. Here's today's two-minute tip. Today's show is a bit of a history lesson and specifically about the history of divorce. Thinking about history, I was reminded of some quotes that I shared last year. These quotes came from a book called Live and Learn and Pass It On. The quotes are from people from ages 5 to 95. I'd say that's some history. I loved reading the quotes so much so that I wanted to share them with you. Here are a few that seem like a fit for today's topic. I've learned that every great achievement was once considered impossible. I've learned that a strong code of ethics is as reliable as a compass. I've learned that in every face-to-face encounter, regardless of how brief, we leave something behind. I've learned that nothing of value comes without effort. I've learned that a person with big dreams is more powerful than one with all the facts. I've learned that the person who says something can't be done is often interrupted by someone doing it. I've learned that what you are thinking about, you are becoming. I've learned that if there were no problems, there would be no opportunities. I've learned that if I want the circumstances in my life to change for the better, I must change for the better. I've learned that when people aim for what they want out of life, most aim too low. I've learned that we grow only when we push ourselves beyond what we already know. I've learned that sometimes life hands you situations when all you can do is put one foot in front of the other and live moment to moment. And I've learned that people who have mastered the act of living seem to be guided by an internal compass. They might not always stay on track, but they have a way of always returning to the proper course. As I read these quotes, I thought about the history of the people who made these statements, what brought them to these conclusions, and what their lessons and learnings might have been along the way. We can learn a lot from the lessons and learnings from others. We can learn a lot from history, and when we do, we must pass it on. I pray my passing on these quotes supports you as you move forward. If I can support you as you do, please write to me at Christy at com. And you can always visit the TheDivorceCoachingHour.com for more information. And please remember to keep listening each week for another two-minute tip all to support you or someone you know who is facing or going through divorce. And please share this episode with those who will benefit. God bless you. Welcome back to the Divorce Coaching Hour. We're here with my husband today, Richard Mendelow is joining us, not in the capacity of the host of Courageous Christianity, but our resident history expert. (laughs) So uh, we have um, long and interesting discussions from time to time about all sorts of things. Today we're having one on air about the history of divorce uh, if you were listening earlier, you heard that I found a, um, in our travels, I found a book called Divorce in American Tradition by Linda Riley, and I've been reading through it, and, and as it opened my eyes, I thought, well, isn't this interesting to know about the divorce history in America from the 1600s on, and then to look at divorce today through that lens, and Uh, the seriousness of it and yes it's still serious today but if if you didn't do this studying you might not know that people were even put to death because of divorce back then and it seems just such a you know you have an argument in a marriage and the next thing you know you're getting divorced let's hope it's not that way but it does seem to be an easier thing today than it was then and uh, my perspective would be that it shouldn't be and so we want to cause you to consider uh, your thoughts around divorce and as we were going to the break we were kind of we were talking um, about the revolutionary ideals in the 1700s that uh, brought forth more of our independence as a nation and um, in fact we uh, when Richard and I were talking about this, we went to the Declaration of Independence, and I'm going to read this so that we can have um, some a discussion around this as it relates to the history of divorce. So uh, bear with me just a little, little lengthy here. When in the course of human events, it becomes necessary for one people to dissolve the political bands which have connected them with another— And to assume among the powers of the earth the separate and equal station to which the laws of nature and nature's God entitle them, a decent respect to the opinions of mankind requires that they should declare the causes which impel them to the separation. Now, that's a lot of older (laughs) language, but right there, and I know, Richard, you had brought about something before. Uh, that really made me go, wow, that's interesting. Share share with the listeners what your thinking is around the divorce and the Declaration of Independence.
3: Yeah, I see them as very similar because we were divorcing from Great Britain. The colonies were divorcing from Great Britain. And the paragraph before the paragraph most people associate with the Declaration of Independence, which you've just read, it's pretty awesome to me because what it says basically is this is so important for the world and for mankind that we are breaking up the British Empire and that we want to divorce from the British Empire, that we are going to state our reasons. And then, um, you know, the rest of the Declaration of Independence has uh, these one-liners or two-liners right. about the things maybe there's 28 of them, I forget exactly, about the things that uh, we can't tolerate anymore. So imagine if you had to do that with a divorce. Yeah. Where you you say, because our, our family stood there and witnessed us getting married, and because so many lives depend on this, we feel that it's important to state what the reasons are for our getting a divorce. And then you put pen to paper and you say, number one, Blah, 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 blah. Number two, and such and forth and all of this, and you actually state it. Would that not help you to be clear in your mind about what you're doing?
2: Yeah, absolutely. A couple things come to mind is you you don't just cite irreconcilable differences. Right. Um, And and the other thing that comes to mind is, is... is you're talking about stating one by one by one and putting it before your family think about the the engagement period all the things that go into an engagement for most people who get married it's you know a, 9 months to a year if not more and they're planning and they're telling people about it and save the date and and lots of consideration that goes into the wedding why not that the consideration same. of a year. And and yes, as divorce went about, there were requirements. Some states, I believe, still have a requirement that... Uh, you, like a cooling off period. Yeah, a cooling off period, right. Um, and, and state, you know, always hear this on the show that uh, different states have different um, uh, statutes. And so you always need to check in with your state. But... Absolutely, back to this. Stating those things would not only cause you to think about it, but then putting it in in, in front of an assembly like they did here with the Declaration right. of Independence, people might be like, "Huh? What were you thinking here?"
3: <laughs> well, yeah. If you, uh, it's a big deal. If you think about it, back then. Probably more people were religious, more people believed in God. It was more uh, accepted that marriage is uh, an institution of God and of His church. And when I say church, I don't mean the building. I mean the community of believers. And so we are connected, and we're all connected with one another, and it's a big deal. And so if we're going to sever those connections— We have to make ourselves accountable to that community. And so, you know, one thing I feel like I have to say is I'm divorced. And so it's not like there's judgment uh, for for anybody who's in this uh, position or contemplating it. Uh, And we feel similarly in that regard. I know. And it's so hard. But when you take yourself out of the situation just for a second And you start looking at it, I think it just helps with what you've said. And I think this is a great show uh, to have a very creative idea to help back people away from this and say, okay, let's everybody take a breath here and and let's really think about what we're saying and what we're doing and let's look at it in context. And so as people got um, more independence-minded, that brought them to change governments that brought them to overthrow monarchies. And then don't forget poor old Mary Antoinette. I mean, uh,
2: Mike reminded us of her. <laughs> yeah, she was
3: attached to things um, until she wasn't. Until she was
2: Well, we won't go into that history today. Yeah. But, but you know, what's interesting, um, and I want to just say too, yeah, absolutely. And I think if you've been listening to the show uh, over the years that we've been on the air, you know that I, I do this out of my heart to help people as a coach i want to help people look at the situation eyes wide open and i know I say i say that a lot because i kind of look back at myself and uh, even though my eyes might have been wide open in shock i didn't know what i didn't know and and so this really is coming to people as their thinking partner hey Give this some thought before you move forward and and so same thing with you. there's no judgment it's it's here like stepping back and saying, hey let's let's take a moment, let's take a breath. But interestingly enough, in the book, uh, I to quote um, another f- uh, uh, sentence in the book. Still colonial divorce left several important legacies to the nation. Arguments for and against divorce initiated the great American divorce debate of the 19th and 20th centuries. And so what I really honed in on the, in, there was legacies. And, and so when we, when we can look at the history, when we can open our eyes, when we can think about this from beginning to end, we can think about our legacy that we're creating, good or bad. Right. Yeah,
3: well, for example, we've already identified something where we've said, as we look back at the history of divorce, we see the role of religion in, uh, and people's religious sensibilities and how they affected government's perception of divorce. Well, now people's religious sensibilities have changed. So in the 50s, 85% of Americans identified as Christians. Today, it's about 70%. And being a Christian means something different today than it did uh, 50 years ago. Yeah. And so with the relationship of religion to divorce, now people's attitudes toward divorce have changed. Right. And so I think it's great to look at the past to see what questions we should be asking about the present.
2: Yeah, and absolutely. I've got to repeat repeat it again. The past teaches us about the present. And hopefully we will take that and help us make better decisions. And so the intent of the show uh, is to bring awareness, uh, open our eyes to the seriousness of divorce, Um, perhaps gain lessons, like we talked about, even from the the Declaration of Independence, gain some lessons from that in that we uh, can... uh, um, write those things down in front of people and And then the realizations that we can draw from it we create our legacy good or bad based on our choices and folks uh that's what we're talking about the history of divorce today in order to open your eyes to a little bit more about divorce so that you can make better decisions come on back and we'll wrap things up richard mendelow is here my husband uh with us today as our expert history uh, guest come on back And I want to share something with you that may help. I'm on another show here on KKHT. I'm honored to be the wingman on Courageous Christianity with Richard Mendelow. where each week Richard and I talk about the intersection of our faith and the secular world. And together with interesting guests, we shed light on this critical intersection on spiritual combat and on the rules of engagement for Courageous Christianity. It's my belief that Courageous Christianity with Richard Mendelow can be another resource that you can turn to as you walk through this path of significant change in your life. So please join us. You can catch the show on this station, 100.7 FM KKHT, at 12 p.m. noon Central Time, Saturdays, and online at KKHT.com as well. Hey, grab your lunch and join us for both shows back to back, 12 p.m. noon for Courageous Christianity and 1 p.m. for the Divorce Coaching Hour. You can also find all shows under podcasts under the Programs tab on KKHT.com. Richard and I hope you'll listen in. As always, if you want to reach me, you can find me at the thedivorcecoachinghour.com or call me at 281-944-8043. We are grateful for you joining us each week and for your support. Thanks for coming back to the Divorce Coaching Hour. We're here with my husband, Richard Mindelow. Today, as our resident history expert, uh, we're talking about the history of divorce. Uh, which might be interesting to you. And the reason we're talking about it is ultimately the past teaches us about the present. And if we know a bit about the past of divorce, the history of divorce, then perhaps it can illuminate a better path for us going forward, encouraging better choices. And we've talked about some interesting things uh, in the history of divorce in that people were even— uh, imprisoned or put to death because of divorce and so it was serious then it's serious today uh but trends may be that it's uh, that brought it to a place where it's not as it doesn't feel as serious still it's very serious uh the repercussions that divorce can have but there was something Richard that you said we we had to talk about with regards to history what was that
3: um Okay, so we talked about the Revolutionary War and people's growing independence-mindedness, independence of government, thought, and so forth. And that continues through the 1800s into the 1900s. But what struck me is I've often thought about 1948. It's after World War II. It's three years after World War II has ended. And many of the British colonies are seeking independence from Britain, okay. India, South Africa. And I've often wondered what that was all about, because basically you're talking about a divorce. Yeah. The colony wants to divorce from Great Britain. And the explanation I've come up with in my mind, and doesn't make it right, but I have this idea that in World War II, a lot of the soldiers from a lot of these colonies saw areas of the world that they had never seen before, and they saw ways of living that they had never seen before, and they were immersed in cultures that they had never seen before. So when they went back to their countries, not only had they been trained as soldiers, but they knew that there were some different alternatives out there. And so that fomented their desire and uh, wherewithal to divorce from Great Britain.
2: Yeah, it opened their eyes.
3: It opened their eyes. And the reason why I think it's worth noting is because a lot of the time we see divorce as an opportunity to... uh, have the grass is always greener on on the other side of the fence. We see divorce as an opportunity to get away from some present set of circumstances because we were talking to so-and-so and she doesn't do this. And I saw on Facebook, she looks like she's having the greatest time ever. And look, he got a new Corvette. Why can't I have a new Corvette? And all of these, and I'm picking a lot of dumb things to just say, you get this idea that there's something else out there, and what you don't realize is that's just another of the same thing. It's yeah. just different. Does, I'm well, having trouble. No, no, no. I get it. it,
2: and and I'm going to sum it up by this: the grass is always greener where you water it. And people have heard me say that before, and it's not mine. I got it from Pastor Rick Warren. Who you know, I love right. Uh, but 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 when we have a new awareness of something, if we don't really go back and consider it, think about it, then we might be like, oh, this is better over here.
3: Right. So this is where the Vogue's and the trends and the historical context become important because right now you look on TV and you see uh, Housewives of whatever. Yeah, you can uh, get
2: caught up in that.
3: And you think everybody's having more fun than you. And there's that whole fear of missing out. And everybody posts their very best afternoon on Facebook on a date that they had. And now you think, oh, what am I doing here stuck in this? We haven't been on a date in months.
2: It it, shapes your perspective if you allow it, good or bad.
3: And then what you end up doing is you end up uh, jumping horses in the middle of the race trying to find a different horse that has different problems and different uh, idiosyncrasies, and then you're sitting there going, wow, uh, I traded in my used car on this other used car, and uh, it also doesn't run very well.
2: Well, it turns out, and we've talked about this on the show before, is is you've got to do the work on yourself and not look out with eyes of what I don't have. When we come from uh, skewed perspectives, I mean, the only outcome we can expect is uh, a skewed outcome.
1: Right. right.
3: Yeah. So maybe you're tired. Maybe you've been fighting a lot. Maybe stuff is hard. Maybe you've had some uh, terrible or tragic challenge, uh, loss of a loved one, et cetera, et cetera. And you found your way into the doldrums of your marriage. And if you remember the doldrums, that's like a place where there was no wind. So the sailing ships, there was no wind to fin- fill their sails. Right. So they would have to put the boats over the side and the guys would have to row and they would pull the ships by rowing them back out into where there was wind. And so you've reached the doldrums of your marriage, and now everything looks better to you. Um, And so I just think as we're in the consideration phase, all of this has bearing on making a permanent decision over what might be temporary circumstances.
2: Yeah, and um, in that phase, reaching back into the— the history, realizing, uh, this is serious business. Um, and then asking what can I learn from this? And, and, and it's all there to shape your perspective. And, and that's where we really need to check in is shaping, uh, perspective according to the realities of the situation. What not, not what's out there on social media or, or on the TV, but what are the realities of your faith, um, uh, your marriage? What did you commit to? Uh, so I, I, I hear what you're saying, and I think it's definite caution, and that's what we want to do with this show is just to take a moment, take a look back to be able to look forward, and and ultimately make better choices to bring that awareness, to learn from the lessons, and to uh, realize that we can choose better.
3: Yeah, I absolutely, uh, I think it's critical uh, because if you have a religious perspective, a faith-based perspective, then most of what you're looking at on TV, on the computer, out the window is a worldly perspective or a worldly set of circumstances And you end up realizing most of those things that I'm looking at that seem attractive aren't in line with my values anyway. And and so it does come down to us understanding our values and making decisions based on those values so as to avoid some transient notions about this very serious, permanent, uh, devastating event.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And, and so
3: I know you do a lot of work around values, but, but you said something to me once. You said not many people actually know their values and uh, even fewer have them written down. So as we talk about writing down. Yeah, the, writing the- down
2: those things. <laughs> yeah, what are your values? And what I say is if you don't know your values, whose values are you living by? And so when you when you ask yourself that question, am I living by uh, the values of my family Am I living by the values of the world? And you've got to ask yourself and then base your decisions on uh, those values. Hopefully they're values that are based and rooted in faith.
3: Yeah. And I think it's important because for whatever number of reasons, we can all get to places where our perspective gets skewed for a minute. And now the grass seems greener over there. And truthfully, if you go back to square one, what are my values? Why did I do this? Why am I in this marriage? Then you say, "I have to. I have to reevaluate."
2: Before we wrap things up, real quick, tell us how people can listen to Courageous Christianity with Richard Mendelow.
3: Well, uh, it comes on before this show, noon on Saturdays. Um, also Christianity dot today where we have all of the podcasts, or any podcast app where you might uh, listen to podcasts.
2: And I hope that you do. Friends, I invite you to join us on Courageous Christianity with Richard Mindelow, and Richard Mindelow has been here with us today as my history expert. Folks, uh, what we want you to walk away with today is uh, this... um, because history gives us the tools to analyze and explain problems in the past, it positions us to see patterns that might otherwise be invisible in the present, thus providing a crucial perspective for understanding and solving current and future problems. And so, hoping that you've taken that away today. Uh, any final thoughts, Richard?
3: No. Thanks so much for having me on your show.
2: Thanks for helping me have this conversation uh, and and to um, just really wrap it up folks here this is really the intent of this show here for you history suggests that the family will continue to survive and adapt but it also indicates that divorce will continue to spread americans will divorce thus american divorce must be made a more constructive and productive institution for millions of wives husbands children relatives friends employers and others who are touched by it and often too often scarred by it Folks, I hope this has been helpful for you today. We're grateful uh, that you are here with us. And thank you for listening to the Divorce Coaching Hour. I'm Christy Mendelo, and I can't wait to be here with you each and every Saturday from 1 to 2 p.m. right here on 100.7 FM KKHT The Word.